What's up, everybody? This is your host, Josh. And this is your host, Rail. Welcome to Econics Talks. This is our podcast, and we're going to be talking about different lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Econics Talks. Today, we're going to be talking about mutual funds. So a lot of people, you know, don't know exactly what mutual funds are, although they've actually heard the term mutual fund. So what I want to do is because this is one of the topics that that can get a little boring. So I'm going to try to make this as interesting and as simple as possible. So I want to do a couple of episodes on what are mutual funds, what are ETFs, what are index funds, just to kind of explain to you guys like what you're investing in. Um, because if you ever if you've ever met with a advisor or an advisor, they'll tell you, hey, you know, you can put your money in mutual funds, you can you should put your money in index funds, you should buy ETFs. Um, well, what exactly are these terms? What do they do? What are the what are the details? So let's uh, let's go ahead and take a little bit of a dive in, and I'll give you just a, a like an overview of exactly what mutual funds are. So let's go ahead and get started. So what mutual funds are pretty much it's like imagine you going into a coffee shop. Let's say you go to you know Starbucks, and you can order your coffee exactly how you want it, right? So it's the same with mutual funds. With mutual funds, imagine it like a cup of coffee where you actually take a bunch of different ingredients and then you put it all in one one cup. So if you want, you know, the minty, this grande with an extra shot of espresso, like that's a specific, you know, customizable Starbucks drink. Um, it's the same with, with mutual funds. So imagine it, you know, like that, like you're putting a bunch of different flavors and those flavors are different companies. So what mutual funds give you the ability to do is diversify. So if you've ever talked to an investor or, you know, a financial advisor, they'll tell you that you need to diversify your portfolio. What that means is when you have your money, um, it's never a smart thing to put all of your eggs in one basket. So let's uh, give you an example. Let's say you invested all of your money into Apple, right? Okay, let's say, you know, tomorrow, let's say Apple, you know, God forbids, just tanks. Something drastic happens and it just kills their stock and, you know, their stock just goes down to like $2. Right now it's, um, I think it's almost at like 200 So what that means is, let's say you own a bunch of shares of Apple, well, that means that you're going to lose all that money. So while investing, it is important to diversify. So that's what mutual funds you know, give you the ability to do. Mutual funds are a very, they're a very old school way to invest. Um, they are still you know, very useful. They're more for long-term investors, but they do have some merit and a lot of people still use them. So again, it gives you the ability to diversify and it's almost like, like I said, like a cup of coffee. You get a, get a chance to put a different bunch of different flavors in there or think of it like a basket. You're getting a basket of investments. So typically this basket or cup of coffee 
it's made up of stocks, bonds, and different currencies. So depending on the type of investor you are, depending on you know what you're actually interested in, there are a bunch of different types of mutual funds. So when you're looking at a basket or cup to buy, well, they might have a basket that is full of tech companies. They might have a basket that's um, full of agricultural companies, um, retail companies, large cap um, companies, or small cap companies. You can get very specific. So you can get as specific as, you know, there's a um, um, trading or mutual fund called PAX. The PAX fund is specifically geared towards gender equality. You also have another one called the Vice Fund. The Vice Fund is uh, geared towards tobacco, gaming, and weapons companies. So if these are things that you are interested in, you know, that type of mutual fund might be something for you. So there are all different types of mutual funds. There are all different types of ways to invest. So let's look at the costs. So when you're looking at the cost of a mutual fund, there are a couple of things that you have to look out for. And it's called once, you know, they have an upkeep fee, which is also called an annual expense ratio. So this ranges between, you know, 0.1 to about 2% of the value per year. What that means is, let's say that you've made $10. Well, in that $10, at least 0.1 to 2% of that is going to go to the mutual fund. So some char- some funds do charge an extra fee on top of the annual expense ratio. And it's also called a load. So let me back up here because I want to make sure that you guys are actually understanding what I'm saying here because I know this is a lot of information. So again, the first one is called an upkeep fee, which is also known as an annual expense ratio. That ratio ranges between 0.1 to 2% of the value per year. I just broke down the analogy of the $10. Let's say you make $10 in a year. They're going to take about 0.1 to 2% of that $10. And that's a fee for their services because these people have to get paid as well to actually manage the fund. Um, And again, the load. So what a load is, so when you buy and sell shares, So let's say, for example, the fund manager is buying and selling shares. Every time they do that, it's called a load and they charge you for, you know, buying and selling those shares. Let me explain. Whenever you buy a stock, so a stock is a single share in a company, right? Whenever you buy a stock on your own, if you're going through TD Ameritrade, if you're going through E-Trade, they're going to charge you a transaction fee. With that transaction fee, um, it's going to take, let's say you, let's say you trade and you make $25. So let's say some, a company like, or a brokerage firm like TD Ameritrade, they're going to charge you $6 to buy and another $6 to sell. So again, that's, it's kind of the same, same concept when you're looking at a load for a mutual fund. So mutual funds are run by a fund manager. They're managed by um, a group of people or person who you know has this type of expertise and their goal is to beat the market. So let's go back to what the load is. When you buy or you know, with, a, with a load, the uh, percentage is usually 1% to 5.75% 5. 5. 5. 5. 5. 5. 5. 5. 
of the sales price. So let's say you buy and you sell. Let's say you sell at a higher um, rate. That means you've made some money. Let's say you make money. They're going to take 1% to 5.75% of what you made. Then it goes back to that upkeep fee. So there's two charges. So again, let's say you make $2 on one trade. They're going to take a percentage out of that. Let's say at the end of the year, you make $1,000. They're going to take a um, 1% to 2% of that um, $1,000 that you made. So they're just it just depends on what type of mutual fund you're looking for. So think of it as paying the chef who made your food. So the person who's actually making your coffee, just think about paying. It's like you're paying them. Now, who are the chefs and fund managers that are preparing your meals or preparing your baskets that you want to buy. Because remember, when you look at a mutual fund, it does give you give you the ability to diversify, right? So when you're diversified and you have all of these different companies, you buy a share or a portion of that mutual fund. So in turn, you own a bunch of different shares of different companies that the mutual fund is invested in. So, and again, if you guys have any questions about mutual funds, please do hit me up. Please reach out to me because I understand this is a very dense topic, but it's a very cool topic and something that you definitely at least want to have a basic understanding of. So back to this. So who are the chefs and fund managers? It just depends on what type of mutual fund it is. So there are two types of mutual funds. You have active funds and you have passive funds. So when you look at something that's more actively um, managed, then it's usually managed by a team um, or a team of analysts and traders. So you have a bunch of people around that are experts in you know finance and their goal is purely to outperform the market. And they're using these, they're using different economic indicators. And if you're a trader um, or if you listen to Donnero's podcast, he'll talk about you know certain economic or certain indicators. And these indicators, they tell you or they kind of, it's almost like a, um, like a warning. And if you look at certain patterns and certain indicators, it'll, you'll be able to kind of tell uh, what's coming. So think of it like a meteorologist. So when there are certain patterns in the weather, then it's almost indicated, it's, it almost indicates bad weather or good weather. It's the same with trading. So when these fund managers look at economic indicators, it, generally determines whether or not the market is going to do good or the market is going to do bad. A lot of these economic indicators can be news. They can be, you know, um, a huge company went down or they lost and they, they didn't meet their earnings for that quarter. So now their stock is going to take a hit. So these indicators, again, they tell them which investments to buy and which investments to sell. They don't say, hey, buy this one, but based on how the um, indicator is trending, it'll say, well, this is probably a good buy and this is probably a good sell. When you're investing, nothing is for sure. So when you're investing, there's always going to be risk. There's always going to be risk associated with any investment that you take. So Again, when you're looking at actively funded, actively managed uh, mutual funds, again, it's kind of like a chef, you know, who modifies their recipe to fit what's trendy or in season. What that means is you have certain chefs out here who um, 
they will sell or they will make something with tomatoes or they'll make something with um, asparagus because that's in season and that's what's in right now. Well, it's the same with, you know, um, fund managers. So they'll they'll go after Apple because Apple just dropped a new phone or they're about they're about to make a new announcement for a car. Um, Apple has been in the news lately for entertainment. So, you know, Apple's stock has been going up. So I think over the last you know month or so, they've, they're up 10%. And that's because they just announced that they're going to be entering um, the entertainment space and coming out with their own streaming service. So just different things like that drive the market. And when you have a company like Apple, who's so big, they pretty much dominate the technology field. So when you have a company so big like that, whenever their stock goes up, typically tech stops tech stocks in general do well so when you're at, when you're a fund manager and you you hear news about hey fund managers or apple's going to be releasing this then you gear up and say well maybe we need to buy more of apple stock within that mutual fund so when you're buying into a mutual fund you're giving the power to somebody else to manage that fund for you so it is a passive investment because you can check it but you're not necessarily um, managing that fund you know, by yourself. You're just pretty much monitoring it. Next, we have um, passive funds. So passive funds are usually, they're like chefs who stick to the cookbook. They don't really you know, go left. They don't really try new recipes. They don't do what's trendy. They just literally stick to the cookbook and don't make any changes because that is what it is. Their goal is not to beat the market or outperform the market, their goal is simply to match benchmarks and match the market. So for example, let's say the market itself is year over year, year over year up, you know, 10% or like 7%. Um, Their goal is to just match that. And the passive funds, um, for example, you have the S&P, right? So what the S&P is, because a lot of people see this stuff, they just don't know exactly what the S&P is. But the S&P, they, they're an indicator who tries to measure the top 500 companies and how they perform over time. So if you've ever seen something like the Dow Jones, the NASDAQ, the S&P 500, well, the S&P 500, they measure the top 500 companies and they just measure how they're doing in the market as a whole. So think of that as a mutual fund, a mutual fund in itself. And they just, they have all these different companies and depending on how these companies are doing collectively, that drives the S&P up or down. Now, when you're looking at passive funds, passive funds are, you know, popular among, among investors who believe that, you know, it's a losing game to try and beat the market. Some investors are very old school or they're just, you know, very conservative and with that approach, they some people believe that you can't you can't outperform the market. So it's better to be more conservative in your approach. Now, what this does for you is it's less analysis. So and it's also you know less trades. What that what does that mean? That means it's cheaper to own. So when you look at an active fund, because they are managed by a team of analysts and traders, well, again, these people have to get paid. So the fees are going to be higher if you're looking at a mutual fund that's actively traded. That's an active fund. If you're looking at a passive fund, because they don't have um, as many analysts and traders, and it's more of a 
um, slower conservative approach, then it's cheaper to own that, which isn't a bad thing. Some people, you have to get in where you fit in. Some people are definitely more conservative. Some people are more aggressive. Now, after saying all of that, where in the hell do you start? All right. So this is actually really good information. So where do you start? One, you can open an investment account with a mutual fund broker. So if you go online, there are a, um, a bunch of different companies who do this. So you have you know, E-Trade, you have TD Ameritrade, you have Fidelity, you have Vanguard, you have Charles Schwab. So all of these different brokerage firms, um, and another one is Robinhood. So Robinhood is very popular amongst millennials. Robinhood started some years ago and it allowed it, it allowed you to trade stocks. Well, the cool thing about Robinhood was, remember I told you about TD Ameritrade, when you buy and sell a um, certain stock, you have to cover for the fees. So for example, like I said earlier, when you buy, they charge you $6. When you sell, they charge you $6. With Robinhood, they don't have any trading fees, which is pretty cool. So a lot of millennials use Robinhood because... We don't necessarily always have, you know, the money to cover the transactional fees that come with trading. And that's why over time it's been so difficult for people to get ahead because even if you have $20 to invest in something, well, you can buy penny stocks, right? Well, let's say you don't know how to trade. Well, if you're trying to be more of an active trader and not go into the whole mutual fund situation, well, then you have to manage that trade. And if you don't make at least a minimum of $12 TD Ameritrade on TD Ameritrade's platform, you're going to lose money. So Robinhood is a good um, brokerage firm to look at if you're trying to get started out. So look at those different mutual fund brokers, and then you can either talk to an advisor and they'll help you you know, choose your funds um, to, you know, to really fit your situation. Um, also... In today's world, technology has really infiltrated in the investment you know, world. So now there are also robo-advisors, which is pretty cool. So what a robo-advisor robo does, it's more of a modern approach. Um, they answer questions online. So you, you just have to, not they, but you. So you, you know, pretty much fill out a questionnaire. You answer some of these questions online. And then the service automatically puts together a portfolio for you and handles all the all of the trades and holdings. So this is, again, this is a pretty passive way to do things. Let's say you don't really want to talk to anybody based on your questions, um, based on the answers to the questions you give, they're just going to really pop out a you know portfolio of different companies that they feel would be good for you to invest in. And you go from there. And the cool thing about robo-advisors, because it's automated, the um, the minimum investment can be as low as $100. Again, do your own research, but the minimum investment for some of these mutual funds can be as low as $100. Now, I also want to put this out there. If you have a 401k through your company, through the job that you have, you are already invested into a mutual fund. You already own mutual funds. So what you want to do is contact them and see which funds you own and what your options are. So for example, let's look at the um, 2008 market crash. So a lot of people, you know, who have 401ks, you know, a lot of our parents and I know my parents told me, you know, get a good job and, you know, get your 401k and then when you retire, you can live off of that. Great. 
So what happened in 2008 when the market crashed, so because the 401k is a mutual fund, when the market, because you're so diversified and the market as a whole was doing very bad and not just very bad, like it literally crashed. It was, it was horrible. So what it, what happened was people weren't able to retire. They had to wait to retire because they, their 401k dropped. And if you look at your 401k and you actively monitor it, you'll see that yes, it does fluctuate. It doesn't fluctuate a lot, but it does go up and it does go down. So the hope is that it always goes up um, because you're putting more money into it. But if the market does take a nasty turn, your 401k can drop drastically. And then just like in 2008, where those people weren't able to retire, they had to continue to work so that the market could could recover and their 401k could go back up to what they had planned for. So if you have a 401k, definitely look into that. Also, when you're looking for a mutual fund, every mutual fund should have something called a prospectus. A prospectus is pretty much like an overview of what that mutual funds, um, what their deal is. So in that perspective, prospectus, it'll include fees and charges. It'll include the minimum investment amount, their performance history, and also the risks that you will be taking. And again, mutual funds are run by a fund manager, which we've already discussed. So at the end of the day, um, mutual funds are a pretty cool investment. It's a conservative investment. And, you know, if you want to have more of a conversation about that, then hit me up, reach out to me or Donna Rell, and we'll be more than happy to answer those questions. I also want to note this. Um, mutual funds are updated at the end of the trading day. So once the stock market closes, the mutual fund is updated. So when you want to track a, a particular stock a you know for a company, um, like Apple, you can track the ups and downs of it all sing, all day long. But when you're looking at a mutual fund, it only updates at the end of the trading day. And then also some mutual funds do pay out dividends. So what a dividend is, is that they're paying you a portion of the earnings to shareholders. So let me break that down because I didn't know what dividends were a few years ago. So let's say you have a, a mutual fund that's made made um, $10,000 over the first quarter. A quarter is three months of a year. So usually, you know, three months of a business cycle year. So when you have three months, let's say you made 10000 well, let's say that company or mutual fund decides to pay out its investors a portion of that, you know, of those earnings of those profits, that's a dividend. So some mutual funds do pay out dividends. All of that should be included in their prospectus. So look for that. So at the end of the day, guys, look for, you know, your prospectus, look for mutual funds, talk to a financial advisor, ask them, is this a good investment for me? Um, look at what type of investor you want to be. Are you a long-term player or do you want to be more aggressive? Because um, I do want to note that I will be covering more topics about ETFs, index funds, stocks, bonds, all that kind of stuff, because I want you guys to understand that mutual funds are not the only investment out there, but it is a tool. So when you diversify, if mutual funds is a way you want to go, you can definitely put a portion of your money in there, but never put all your money in one spot. And that wraps up today's episode. 
Um, I do have a couple of announcements. So just want to give you guys a heads up. I am about to run a beta program um, on Airbnb and a couple of other things. So if you're interested in that, reach out to me. And we're going to be, you know, launching that pretty soon within the next, you know, couple of months. So I'm really excited about that. And that's pretty much it. Like, follow, subscribe, share this podcast. Thank you for your support and have a good one. Peace.